Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Bob Cajun. Welcome back, everybody. It's 133 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer in studio along with Edmonton Oilers Assistant General Manager Keith Gretzky. our Oilers Now handliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. All right, Keith. So you finished playing Major Junior. Um, you're trying to keep the dream alive as a, as a player. Um, again, you end up in minor pro. What was that experience like for you? It was good. You know, you realize how big the players are. That was the biggest thing. And I think where, you know, you might be the best player in your team, you're, you're not going to be the best player when you turn pro. And that's the learning curve. I think our, our kids realize that it doesn't matter what you did in junior or college or Europe. It's, it's, it's a new ball game when you, you turn pro and go to the American League. All right. Uh, which place did you enjoy playing the most in? In terms of in your minor league career, Rochester, Flint, I can't imagine that would have been any fun, Winston-Salem, or San Diego, or Phoenix, which was, San Diego must have been pretty decent to close it off. Yeah, I I like Flint. (laughs) You like Flint. (laughs) You know, we had had, um, Donnie Waddell. Um, I played with him and I lived with him. He was a player assistant coach and... uh, it's funny because I always see him at the draft and I was supposed to be there a month and we ended up going to the finals. We were there like three months and so after about three days in the hotel he said, why don't you come live with me and my wife Cheryl? And I said, okay, you know, we're less than a month and I knock on the door and I think she was like eight months pregnant and I said, I can't, you know, move in here and we went to the finals, and uh, Rick Dudley was the coach, and I was there an extra three months and part of the family. So I really like Flint. Uh, San Diego is great, too. Yeah. Um, Comrie was the owner, and we had we had a Millar Chuck. Bill and, Comrie yeah, or Fred? Uh, Fred. Fred, Fred was the, the owner, and... Um, played in the same building that we play in now so it's it's kind of funny when you go back and I played with Ron Dugay there so I, I would say San Diego than Flint it was yeah. San Diego by far uh, Don Waddell by the way is uh, listed as the general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes obviously uh, Tom Dundon uh, is heavily involved in a lot of the uh, deals including signing Sebastian Ajo yesterday you, did you enjoy coaching? You coached three years in the West Coast League with Bakersfield and then a couple of years in the U-Haul in the UHL with Asheville uh, did you enjoy coaching? 
Yeah, it, it was hard though because you had a salary cap, and you know, there's. I don't think all the teams uh, obeyed the rules. You know, okay, so well, I, if you ain't cheating, you're not trying to cheat. <laughs> well, our owner didn't have, uh, wasn't allowing it, so I think, uh, I think my biggest player was my younger brother, and then. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, what was it like coaching Brent? It was good, you know, but he was like any other player. But I think at Christmas time or somewhere just around there or after it, um, Wendell Young was the uh, GM of Chicago Wolves, and he called and said, "Can we use him for the weekend?" And I said, "Sure, go ahead," because you don't want to ever hold anybody back. And right. And I never saw him again, and it's hard to replace your star player in January or February when we lost him. Yeah, no question about it. All right, so you go from, how long of a period was it in between? Did you go right from being a coach into uh, scouting? Right from a coach. I think we started, uh, myself, Shane Churlin, of course, Warren Reichel, we started, I want to say, January of my first year of scouting. So Tampa Bay? Pardon me? Which organization? Phoenix. Phoenix, in that so, Arizona. So it was myself, Warren, and, and uh, Shane Charla came around, came aboard, and Dave Draper. And um, Was that 03-ish, in around that 02-ish? I think Was 01. Wayne in Phoenix at that yeah. time? Oh, yeah. so Wayne? So it was, oh, I think it was 01. We, oh. we joined the club. Okay. And he was already, but because I didn't think he coached. Uh, he didn't coach at the beginning for he the first couple of years, so... Um, that it was it was different because you know you're learning, but I had a really good mentor in Dave Draper. He was phenomenal, and and I was supposed to end up when I started was going to do pro scouting, and okay. there were so many pro scouts they they put you know myself and Warren in in amateur, and and at the end of the year Dave Draper came to me in our exit interviews and said, "Listen, I know you were going to do pro, but I think you're good at." you know you you could be really good at amateur do you want to do it and i said sure i'll do whatever you, you know you want and and i was really you know really really fortunate that uh, dave was took the time because it's it's hard you get you got to know what rank to go to it's it's before all these apps on well, we, yes on i your mean phone. i just saw how you got lost coming over to chat today so <laughs> you know, all these apps on your phone to directions you used to print everything out um so i was really really lucky that a man took his time and and sh- you know it's business when you go there and you you're prepared it's it's just you don't go to a game and say okay I went to a game yeah. you know you 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 look at the lineups during the day and you figure out who you're going to watch and so uh, I really enjoyed it Okay, uh, Keith Kretzky's joining us in the studio. Edmonton Oilers assistant GM Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. Keith, I'm going to kind of put you on a spot here. Uh, you don't go to scouting school. Mm-hmm. So if we have we we have people listening to the show right now that would block slap shots in the nude to to get a job in hockey, and scouting doesn't necessarily when you get started in the embryonic stages of your career pay super well relative to a lot of the other you know industries and especially in a province like Alberta, uh, you know for maybe for people that are involved in the O and G industry and those sort of things, are there what are for you what are keys in identifying players as an amateur scout. And, of course, now you're running the farm team, but, you, you know, you were involved in the order scouting uh, in, in certainly the 17 and 18 drafts, I think to a lesser extent by 2019, because by that point you were the interim general manager. So are there, you know, are there some things you you have to see? Uh, if you were to educate uh, maybe somebody that wants to get in the business, some things you need to identify right away in, in players that give you a pretty good indication of what you might be working with. 
Well, I think the biggest thing is you got to see the player more than once or twice. Um, I, I think it's five to eight times easily, you know, and and an area scout's going to see him twenty times easily. Okay. So you got to really rely on your staff if you're a head scout and believe in your guys and you go with them and you see, okay, is this a game? What, what did you see? And if he tells you that, you know, this was a really good game and you didn't think so, then you'll go back with them and say, okay, we got to go again. But as a as a scout itself, I always looked at hockey sense is really important to me. And I think the uh, compete level has to be there. And it doesn't matter if you're 5'9 or 6'5, you, you have to compete. and. You know, you want skill and speed. I like the, I like those things, and but the compete and the heart are are major things, and and of course character. You know, let's you look at uh, different players that go to the minor leagues. Are they, you know, how are they going to react when they go down to the minor leagues? Because nowadays it's hard to go from junior college or Europe to right into the NHL. Not too many players, and when you're picking. 26 to 32 it's hard and and you know to me it's those things are important as a as you're scouting in your time as a scout was there a player you thought for sure you were going to hit on and you didn't and you could go back to your time in phoenix you know what i i think you learn from players you think you always think that everybody's going to play you have to. That's why you draft them. I, I think the biggest thing is 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 that you you got to make sure that you're all on board when you pick a player, and you have to really really know them inside out. Uh, I think especially in the early rounds, it's important. Um, you know, we always met with the players, and we, you know, your area guys find try to find out everything about them off the ice. It's important that. Uh, you don't have a red flag that you went, oh, why didn't we know this? You know, you know, I've been fortunate enough that when I was a head scout, I had really good, you know, area crossover guys that uh, did the homework. And, you know, you you try to you try to make the big mistakes small because you, you the window's so, uh, you know, only open so much that you, you have to be right. Did you draft Peter Mueller? Yes. Okay, so there was a guy... And I know he had some. He might have had some challenges off the ice, if I recall correctly. His first year was the best year in the league. He had 22 goals, 54 points. Looked like a pretty good player when when you guys took him out of the. Uh, you, you took him in uh, eighth Everett. out of Everett in in 06. Well, Hamill was the guy Boston took out of Everett around the same time. Um, were you surprised he didn't have a better career? Yeah. Or, or he, did he direct, kind of derail it a little bit, self induced? You, know, you know what? At the end of the day. You always, you always hope that a player has a great career. But you can take the horse to the water, but you can't make him drink it. And I, I know the agent well. I knew Peter well. And you know things happen in life that you know everybody has to realize they're kids. And and I know there's so much pressure nowadays. I think there's more pressure now than the old days to, to make it. And and you know with social media and everything, it's kind of crazy how yeah. how it gets blowing up. Was there a player you weren't sure on? That wasn't. Let's start. Like I mean, you could Skinner, third round draft choice. You know, he, he looks like he's got a chance to be a, a number one goaltender down the road. He basically, was the Oilers' number one goalie this year? Had a pretty good year. Was it? But was has there been a another player along the way you weren't? Sh- and you also had the. 
you were in Boston, uh, DeBrusque, you drafted him, but the mm-hmm. other two picks, Zorbel and... Uh, and Zach Sinishin, I mean... Yeah, uh, it's, you know, right time, right place, and, you know, you think that these guys did, are going to... Did you have McAvoy the next year? In yeah. You, you had McAvoy, so you had DeBrusque yeah. and McAvoy in back-to-back years. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to me, it's, you know, with, with Jake was... I love this hockey sense, and, and he just worked like a horse. But you look at him, how long it took to get where he is. You know, he, you know, you look at players that, you know, I use Borgo for an example. It's a prime example of it is that's kind of like Jake, where you know he had a long playoff when the Memorial Cup. It's it's hard to put on weight and get stronger and rest your body. And we as you know the guys on the outside say, "Oh, why aren't these guys producing right away?" It's they're they got to develop, and we got to take time for them to develop. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about Borgo, uh, Lavoie, and Noah Philp. When we return on letters now, jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 146 in Edmonton. Uh, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Uh, Edmonton owned and operated for 50-plus years. You can get a free 2-liter Coke with a purchase of $35 or more online at the Royal Pizza app, where you can visit royalpizza.ca. Stoffer recommendation, Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Royal Pizza has probably uh, been sponsoring in one form or another uh, between... Uh, uh, Oilers Now, Oilers Lunch, Total Sports, and Golden Bears broadcasts. Uh, entities of mine since 1998. That is now 25 years. So it's Mike Hanley's fault, just to set the record straight, if you're a Bob Stoffer hater, because uh, he helped. I owe him incredible debt of gratitude. Uh, we have Edmonton Oilers Assistant General Manager Keith Kretzky as our Oilers No Headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today, and uh, we'll hit that button right there. We bring uh, Keith Kretzky back into the fold here. All right, let's do some. So you talked about Borgo. He had a pretty decent start last year, definitely plateaued during the course of the season. Is there an area of concern, or just this offseason will, will reveal a lot for him carrying forward? I think it's a big season, off-season for him. I think uh, Borgie had a, you know, a really good first year. Um, his place a little bit at the end of the year, but I think that comes back to what we were talking to before, where, you know, he went on a long Memorial Cup play, you know, playoffs. So, um, 
he's got to get stronger and and be more consistent. But again, it takes time. That's why you have the American Hockey League, and we're all guilty of it. And and I'm hard on him. The coach is hard on him. But I, this is a big summer for him. Raphael Oaz has some ups and downs, hasn't he, in Bakersfield over the last three years? You know, I I, I think. The first year he came in halfway through the year because he was over in Sweden. Um, I thought last year was an up and down year. Um, then he comes into this year and he was injured f- from la- the year before, and you know I think he missed six weeks, close to it. And and we all expected him just to take off because a he's can score and he's big and he's been here for two years and you know he's he. He was making the same mistakes, same mistakes over and over and over. And I think Colin did a really good job, sat him down, kept explaining to him, and then we finally sat him out for a game. And it was like the lights went off for him, and and he was totally a different player. And and he worked hard to, you know, he was probably our go-to guy at the end of the year. Uh, Noah Philp, uh, did he exceed expectations for you guys this year? Yeah, you know what, Noah Noah came in, he was playing right wing, he was playing center, moving back to the right wing. Uh, it's hard to find a big centerman, he has a right shot. Um, there were some nights he was outstanding on face-offs, and then nights that he was couldn't win a draw, and then by the end of the year he was very, very good. I think he, he did a lot of little things, and, and he supported the play well down low in his own end, and he had a couple scraps, scored some big goals, and... and um, you know, I thought he had a really good year. So, just full disclosure, he's announced his retirement. The organization did qualify him as they've left the door open in case he elects to change his mind. That's it's his prerogative. He's dealt with a personal matter over the course of uh, the last couple of years. So, we'll see what ends up transpiring on that front. Uh, you, you signed uh, four players to beef up Bakersfield. We had one of them on yesterday, Lane Peterson. Don't tell him that he's going to be in Bakersfield. His <laughs> plans to be the fourth line center of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Lane Peterson and Drake Kajula comes back in the organization. Uh, and then on the back end, uh, Ben Gleason, and uh, you, you gave an NHL deal to Noel Hoffenmeyer, is that, yeah, you know, who was with the Marlies, who actually had really good numbers. How do those four players theoretically maybe change things a bit? Uh, because you've still got some other you know key veterans there, like Griffith and Malone that are, uh, and McKeg that are on NHL deals and, uh, and significant two ways. Right. Well, the one thing that we, as an organization, talked about was our depth. You know, you you watch uh, Vegas last year. I think they used thirty some odd players during the whole year, and I thought that uh, talking with our staff and and the scouts that we wanted to make sure we added players that, if needed to be called up, could play in a role. You know, in the bottom six and and fill in and. And we're a little young still down in Bakersfield, our forwards, and and so that's why we added those two forwards up front. And Drake can go in and play, and Peterson's has shown he can play. So that was a really a must for us in the big picture because of the salary cap. Um, and then the back end, our, our scouts really, really like Gleason as a as a guy who can play the right side. He shoots left, and and Hoffmeyer is is a guy that uh, has potential too. So. You know, we thought we added to the club, but we also added players that maybe have a chance to play in the NHL and, and help the big club. Uh, it's it's an interesting thing because you're going to have to find players differently. Jaden Groob's another yep. illustration of that, right? Because you're not going to, you know, I mean, I think we have to be pragmatic here, Keith. Uh, Tyler Wright didn't have a first-round pick this year. He, you know, the orders included Reed Schaefer in the deal with the number one to get Ekholm. My guess is... 
might not have a number one in 2024 or 2025 when this uh, the season ends. Uh, and that, that makes, you know, finding players anywhere, be it group out of their, you know, Red Deer Rebels or Hoffenmeyer from another, uh, you know, American Hockey League team, you got you to gotta do the work to, to grind and find those guys, don't you? Yeah, our scouts are doing a good job in getting those guys I, I look at it as they're ready to step in, like especially group coming in and and being able to play. You know, lo- losing uh, Noah, he, he kind of slides in that spot where there's a chance for these guys because we don't have a lot of picks and right. we're trying to go for it. So those young guys, there's there's spots eventually for them because we haven't got a lot of players coming in. Well, we appreciate you coming into studio today. I know that uh, you rearranged your schedule to make that happen. I'm I'm sure you've uh, you're, you've probably got uh, somebody that's reached out for you uh, either this afternoon or tomorrow to to get another. I, you know how poor of a golfer I am, so I don't actually you know I do like three events a year and they're always in what, what do they call those things shotguns or yeah. whatever. And then by the end, people want to turn the gun and shoot me. Thank you for coming. Anytime, studio. Bob. You bet. Uh, we will tell you, uh, this Dan Oilers history is brought to you all season long by New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today, newwesttravel.com. We're going to do our, our first roadie this year. Oilers Now Style will be in Nashville, and it'll be on October 17th. And the last time we did a trip to Nashville, we had 75 people uh, go down. So that's going to be awesome through newwesttravel.com. We're going to go back to the state, 1981. Uh, former Oiler, he didn't play long in Edmonton, Chris Colanos, the first-round draft choice. 2000 by the uh, Phoenix Coyotes. Um, in 1981, he was born in Calgary. Kalanos uh, failed to score a point in his only six games uh, with the Oilers back in the 05-06 season. As I recall, I think Kalanos, oh, what was the guy's name? New Jersey drafted him from Calgary as well. Adrian Foster, that's who it was. Those guys were dynamite together growing up in Calgary. He was the 19th overall selection of the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, and ended up out of league after a cup of coffee with Minnesota in 08-09. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight. Uh, Morley Scott, the Edmonton Elks play-by-play voice, will join him. Uh, Michelle Plouffe playing three-on-three this weekend. She's uh, part of the defending champs, number one ranked uh, three-on-three team in the world. She will uh, be on with Reed Wilkins, and Reed uh, was stuck and couldn't get anybody better. So I will join Reed on uh, tonight's show as well. Tomorrow... Uh, for our friends at Contract Equipment Limited, uh, Edmonton sporting icon, Montreal-based media personality, George LaRock. You heard Keith Kretzky talk about Jack Michaels. Jack will join us at 1 o'clock tomorrow from the Oilers Radio Network and at 1.30 to set up the Edmonton Elks encounter against the BC Lions, the Elks 0-7 on the season. Uh, their color analyst is Dave Campbell. Special thanks to Derek Scott for opping today's show. Thank you very much, Derek. Nicely done opening up with Annie's song by John Denver. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Randy Kelburn, followed by Rob Bregenerich from 2 to 3, and then Chelsea on Chet from 3 to 6. Have a terrific Thursday, everybody. So bye.